Okay, everybody, I am here with my very own wife. <laughs> and we this is like an after party. After so party. if you listen to the Several episode, days later. If you listen to the last nine episode, which the sound quality was a little strange on that. I don't know if you all noticed that. But, um, now we're actually just here, Marissa and me, on a Saturday morning with our coffee. So after party, meaning it's, it's going to sound a little more chill, I think. Because the other night yeah, kind of sounded like a party. Everybody it was, was like, a party. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so I have an, a weird question to start with. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm just trying to think, like, as you and I have listened. This is an Enneagram 9 episode, everybody. Just in case nobody's listened. If you're a first-time listener, you just clicked on a 9 episode. Um, Marissa, my wife, is a 9. I'm a 5. I'm a sexual 5, which is a countertype. And Marissa's a social 9, which is a countertype. Um, so if you were, you and I have listened to a lot of podcasts yep. on nines and other types. Sure. And I'm, I'm wondering like when you're tuning into an episode about a nine or hearing a nine speak or reading a chapter on a nine or engaging with any sort of Enneagram nine content. Yeah. Like what are you hoping to hear? What are you hoping to discover? That's a good question. Or what are you hoping a nine will get to or unpack or something like that? I mean, I think for me, I'm looking for some nines who are like doing some stuff, you know, like <laughs> just like nines who have figured, figured it out, you know, um, that in quotes, there's so, right. <laughs> like there's some kind of movement where they've gotten past this point of putting themselves last and actually doing the things that they say that they want to do, Mm -hmm. you know, like they've attached their desire to their action. Like that's in some of the framework that we use in the integrative nine curriculum that I really enjoy. Um, It's, that is the, oh, what do they call it? (laughs) There's all these things that start with a V, you know, vice, virtue, vulnerability. And, it, it is basically getting to the place before what they call the holy idea. So I think it might even be the virtue is mm. right action. Mm. So it's doing the right action for yourself, for the moment, for... Because that kind of takes in the eight and the one. You know, eights are always acting. And at their worst, they're like steamrolling everybody. Yeah. And ones are always like, I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> but like, again, with that nine, it, it's that feeling a little bit stuck so in doing um and in doing what is right for you to be doing (laughs) you know i I have always appreciated with nine episodes that i've heard um i can think of just a few but where they've been like you know everyone's like sloth sloth and it's like or somebody's like the lazy nine and you're like screw you man like (laughs) but then someone's like oh nines are so busy Mm -hmm. like Nines can be some of the busiest numbers, but it's that idea of that busyness is not appropriately directed to what they need to be doing for themselves, you know? Um, It's why I think nines can get taken advantage of a lot, particularly in the workplace, because, you know, you on your Enneagram repost thing, I think, posted that picture of, you know the question being asked and the big brain is like screaming no. And then the little mouth of the nine goes, sure. You know, you're (laughs) like, you will do, you're not going to be like lazy and not get the things done that your supervisor has asked you to do, or that your kids are asking you to do, that your husband's asking you to do. It's like all of these things, but it's paying attention to that inner voice of like, what is myself telling me that I want to do? Mm -hmm. And when am I doing that? (laughs) 
Never. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say you want to hear people talk about that, it's more of like hearing hopeful stories. Like yes. There's, oh, we for can sure. change. We can, nines can get out of this. Um, yeah. It's really interesting, I think, because of the busyness. And I think as you and I started to realize you were a nine, that was an aha moment that helped me see you in a brand new way. Because even here on a Saturday morning, everybody, Marissa has been completely busy. Um, clean. <laughs> I have. Okay, it's also a very stressful time. But yeah, it's unique. But but uh, but I would do this normally. Yeah, and 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 you can put it in quotes and say like busy work. Yeah. So like you're always busy. You always have something to do. Yeah. I mean, to me personally, I've always thought it's very, it's very nice for me to wake up and see you just reading a book, and that's not. Yeah. That's I want everybody to know for like an eye and for Marissa, like that's not like. The standard. The standard is more you busy, moving around. I right, mean, but the way that people talk about nines sometimes. Like you don't read books because Marissa reads like three books a week. But I I'm read a lot about of like books. the morning time. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no, I like was to, saying to have you stop and access, like to say, to say, is there something else you'd rather be doing? I mean, that to me is a classic nine moment because, first of all. You, it's hard for you to immediately access if yeah. there's a higher priority for you than the things you're doing. Uh, and it's and there's a passive-aggressive stubbornness that comes into, That's like, I don't even fun. want to answer your question. Like, don't even bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, babe. <laughs> people are going to people are going to experience it in real time. People right are experiencing it in real time. <laughs> don't even talk to me about this stuff. Um, no, it's... I was going to say before I was interrupted <laughs> that a lot of people, the way they talk about nines is that like nines are sitting around reading books all the time, right. you know, but again, I mean, you're bringing that up for me because you know that I really enjoy reading books. I've actually mm-hmm. said during this time, I mean, I will always read because it's just, you know, I'll read a parenting book. I'll read, you know, like a theology book. I'll read something by Brene Brown. You know, I'm like reading those kinds of mm-hmm. books, but for me, fiction is and has always felt. I mean, I can remember when I I had been a voice major. I had been all the majors. That is the most classic nine story ever <laughs> yeah. is me in college. Me in college was just like the most nine. But like a super fun nine cuz college, you know, fun. But I was I decided that I was also going to get a major in English. And I remember like being assigned all these fiction books. And I mean, they were deep, you know, Brothers Karamazov, which became like my favorite. And I read it fast and just like deep dived. And I was like, this is people's major. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, this is what people could do. So for me, fiction has always felt like this indulgence. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I have even said during this, COVID-19 forced quarantine time, I've said this to groups of people of it's been very important. And I think it's really healthy for me to have some times where I get lost in another story. Mm-hmm. Like, and fiction will do that. That's going to like pull me out. It's going to pull me out of this era. It's going to pull me out of um, my, this own story that is truly feeling like Groundhog's Day, mm-hmm. you know, in many ways. But so for you to say you love when I you see me reading a book is because like that is what I want. Nobody's like, Marissa, please sit Uh, down and read a fiction book. And I'd be like, no, (laughs) (laughs) but it's, Oh, she's taking time for herself. She's doing something she really wants to do. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it's it's a desire motivated action and that i think is the trick for the nine is that sometimes that's the right action like desire doing something yeah. for for you desire motivated where are you where's your agency in this where are you not just doing what somebody else wants you to do or what needs to be done because I think that that's my cleaning thing. I'm like, this needs to be done for the love of God, you know? Um, and I just feel so much better because again, that's that piece of wanting to make peace. And I feel that in my environment. That's why at the beginning times, <laughs> those friends, again, they know who they are, thought I was a three oh, because right. I'm like, why? Cause I like a clean house. I'm like I a one can like a, a clean house. To your cleaning too. Sure. Yeah. Because it's good to be clean. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, I would love it if you, just as a compare and contrast thing, like for me as a sexual five, uh, I was talking about this on an IGTV thing the other day, but like one one of the main things I think that sets me apart from a typical five is like one of the memes you see on Instagram a lot is, fives don't want to share personal information. Yeah. That's, that's definitely not you. Yeah. And so like if we compare and contrast like our internal worlds, um, I feel like there is a super highway to my inner reflections. Like if you said, if you said, talk about your emotions, talk about your thoughts. Talk, it's not, it's not like I know exactly, but I will go right in and I'll start looking and I'll start digging. Yeah. And the door is open. Sure. And it feels exciting even it's like Mm. come to the party of thinking about yourself yeah and with you and nines it seems like that's that's the inner sloth and so people um mistakenly say oh sloth is like laziness which means pizza and ice cream and sure sitting on the couch but i think one of the things you've helped me clarify is it's not like this outer sitting around slothiness it's an inner sloth the sloth and so what i'm wondering like what it feels like for you when someone else, when somebody asks you to self-reflect, if somebody goes, "What? What do you want? What do you think? What do you feel? What do you?" and you go, "Oh, yeah." This oh. is funny. This is where I think that we, you kind of come to these places with the enneagram where you hit up against some, like another discipline or another hmm. kind of mode of thinking. And I know that there's. I mean, I, we could probably dig into the enneagram and kind of find this here, but I. I'm an internal processor. Mm, so mm. actually there is, there is a really great on my IQ nine, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, uh, that assessment, it will talk about your kind of thinking style, your feeling style and, um, your action style, like whether that's internal, external or, um, contradicted. And so mm. sometimes that can mm. be with your type and sometimes it's kind of against your type because again, you're really unique. You know, the Enneagram helps us discover the box that we're already in and it shows us way to get ways to get out of that box. But I am an internal processor. Mm. So well, I'm learning some things just now about my own wife. <laughs> 18 years, I mean, everybody. I knew that, you but too. Like, seeing it in this context, I'm interested. In yeah. So when you're asking me these kind of questions, I'm like, yeah. I've obviously thought right. about these things. So I've got no problem. Like I don't mind, unlike you. Being on the spot. If someone's like, Marissa, go talk in front of a group of people. I'm like, got it. You know, but. Oh, interesting. Because I'm not like that. I know. But when you're like, I would say too, you, you know, one of the little images, um, verbal images for the five is this mind castle, you know, and then 
again, that stereotype is that they don't want to share because it's yeah. like all up in their head. You have enough of that forward where you want to share, but a lot of times it's very confusing. Mm-hmm. You know, it mm-hmm. takes you a really long time to kind of get to what you're talking about. Or you'll say, you said have said to me, because um, I'll be like, what are you saying? And you're like, scratch that. I just needed yeah. to say it out loud. And yeah. you you kind of take your hand in front of you and you're like, I needed to see the words out loud. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's like he wants to see a literal thought bubble. Like yes. you, a bubble of your words. <laughs> I, for me, I'm like, I need to write in my journal. Hmm. Like, let me get back to you. But hmm. that's a really hard thing for me to do as just kind of a social person in general is to say... That's a great question. Let me get back to you on that. I need to mm. think a little bit more about that. Like mm. that's probably a little bit of like pridefulness for me to be like feeling like our this person wants me to answer right now, so I will. This person being you cuz no <laughs> one else is like I demand that you self-reflect right now. <laughs> oh, but that that is actually even right now in real time helping me think about just marriage and just Thinking maybe, I mean, I've never used a skill like this, but to say, I'd love to hear you say some more about that. Could we, could we talk about it in a few days and and you think about it? Yeah. And I I really do like the, in the moment, real time reflection. I mean, probably I would prefer the raw, weird reflection. I, of course you would, but that's why you have your own special podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. And then you get people to do that with you. But (laughs) I think that that's where, I mean, just from a marriage and relational perspective, and we've talked about this, we've, Scott and I have been married for 18 and a half years, and there have been seasons of thriving, seasons of surviving, Mm -hmm. the seasons that have been more difficult. And it's fun for those of you who are married (laughs) and have not been married very long. One of the fun things about being married for a long time is just that wisdom that only hindsight can bring Mm -hmm. and the looking back over a landscape because if you're growing in kind of your self-awareness and then you can see oh my gosh that is what was at play during that time that was so difficult or look at that was what made Mm -hmm. that season of our lives like so thriving and easy and fun and and for us I mean Scott and I've just been talking about this um, during this time is we are people who really thrive on rhythms mm. because again, if Scott gets panicked that we're not going to be able to talk about something because I'm just like off on my busy way and there's like no end in sight to my weird appointments and my like <laughs> getting caught up with the kids, he's like, that is so hard for him mm. and it causes a really, I would say like a panicky disconnect mm. in him. Mm. Um, and then it's I true. can just kind of check out and I'm like, whatever, you do you, brah, you know, and it's like, that's not a good marriage. <laughs> and so for us, it's been having like, it's so cliche and embarrassing. <laughs> the fact that like, it's so basic and then but that you lose times of doing this, but going on dates, yeah. like having a date night regularly scheduled that you really guard. Um, I think it was... I mean, this is so classic me too. I bought this book by John and Julie Gottman. They're like the premier marriage experts here in Seattle and actually like all over the world. They just happen to live here, which is a bonus. They wrote a book called Eight Dates of Telling People Like 
go on these eight dates and talk about these things. And I got really excited about the book because I think for us in our relationship, when you want me to talk about something difficult, which I I know is important, so I'm on board with, I want to know where like the boundaries are. To, yeah. For that, for those yeah, conversations, really like, okay, are we agreeing that we're just going to talk about this for now? Like, what we're not going to talk about this? this that leads into this and that leads <laughs> into this because you're just like, oh my gosh, you're just oh, no. I gotta appreciate that so much. It's yeah. so weird to think it. It's not that weird because obviously this is how the world works, but it's it is odd sometimes to appreciate. Yeah, to stop and appreciate that we all find different things enjoyable. Like, obviously, it's... Everybody knows, like, I don't like watching sports. And that's just not something... Ah, uh, which is sad. I really do like watching sports. Yeah, and it's it's so hard for me to appreciate that somebody wouldn't enjoy the free-form mind ex- exploration and with the no end in sight. Right. You know? But I do have to appreciate that about you. The boundaries. That's really good. Yeah. So, but... I had given this book to some friends and I'm like, let's all do it. And like a year ago. Yeah. (laughs) And we were just talking about it and none of us had done it. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, it makes me feel better that I'm like, I know that this is a very basic and cliche thing to do in relationships, but I think that sometimes it's those basic cliche things that we don't do. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know if we think that like we're embarrassed that we would need that to have a good marriage, but I, I just think there's a lot of lies and misconceptions out there. So for us though, particularly to just bring it back to, from an Enneagram perspective and from this sexual five and a social nine, um, that's, that is a big deal. Like it, it's a big deal for us to have those rhythms, to know kind of that, you're going to get that space mm-hmm. to talk about that thing. But that would be great if even like, say we had a date on a Wednesday, on Monday, you're like, I really want to talk about this so that I can think about it and... So much intentionality. Have my talking points prepared. Oh. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not going to have talking points. <laughs> Let me, my publicist will get back to you, but... Oh my gosh, I wish I had a publicist. That'd be so great. Um. So both of you, uh, both you and I, <laughs> both of you, ah. both of you, and I, yeah, your multiple personalities. Both of us are in the withdrawn stance. Yes, in theory, but I mean, as we've talked about, both of you and I have a little bit more energy. It yeah. seems than the typical nine and five. But what do you? What? What? Um, oh crap! Hold on. Okay, um, everybody, you may notice a slight change in our sound. I don't know why I have so many problems. I am a... You have I've been problems. recording podcasts, but I'm not like a sound technician. So sometimes in these episodes, you'll notice that um, something's off with the sound. And it's, yeah, but it does make me feel better that any podcast we listen to, and I'm like, isn't this person like uber famous and rich? Yeah. Why does this sound suck so yeah, bad? Yeah, So there's a lot of podcasts that sound way worse than ours out there. But Truth. Uh, uh, yeah, so we were talking about, or maybe possibly having a conversation about being in the withdrawn stance. Yes. Like, how, what does with being withdrawn mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I haven't really had a chance to think about that, everyone. Isn't that so funny? Um, I don't think of myself as withdrawn yeah, because, again, that's not what people experience of me. Yeah. And it's really not even how I experience myself just kind of out in the world because mm-hmm. I'm not withdrawn out in the world. Right. <laughs> However, um, 
I do really enjoy being by myself Mm -hmm. and I've even noticed, um, I've felt this has not been an ideal scenario for me in many ways, but I've been fine. Like (laughs) classic nine. I'm fine. I'm (laughs) so fine. I, I have really been fine until (laughs) last week I started not being fine. You know, I just, it's started catching up with me. And interestingly enough, when I got started feeling stressed, I just felt myself pulling back. I like mm-hmm. canceled out on Zoom mm-hmm. social that meetings. Was, that was rare. That was I know really with like rare. our besties, yeah. several besties. Yeah. Um, I was like in a staff meeting and just like not talking, which is so not me. Yeah. Um, but it it I felt myself withdrawing. So for me, it it I don't necessarily feel like that's just space that I take up a lot of. Like I'm just always withdrawing. But, um, yeah, I do, I do, I sense it, um, in a good way. Like that's the unhealthy thing Mm -hmm. where I'm like, I need connection. That's a huge part of who I am. I like to feel connected, but I, I don't know if it was because I haven't really thought about it, but Mm. I, there's a possibility that it could be that. I had had too much of these like dumb Zoom calls yeah. and I'm so done with that kind of style of interacting that the withdrawing was a good thing. It could have been good. Mm-hmm, there was a mm-hmm. piece of it that felt good. Like, I just can't do it. It doesn't mean I don't love you and don't want to talk to you, but I just don't want to talk over Zoom. I've been talking over Zoom all day, every yeah. day because I'm still working and my work now has just transferred to this other, you know, way of doing things. And so this other method, but, um, there also could be a sense of a lot of times if there's a big discussion happening, I withdraw in the sense of I hold back Mm. because I'm really Mm. just listening and collecting data and I am seeing what's missing. You know, I'm trying to listen for like, what are the gaps? That's your main thing. My main thing. Well, that's, like, guys, that's my main thing. In like, life. that's one of your main superpower skills. Like, you'll do that here in the family, but you you'll do that in meetings where it's yeah. like you'll you'll hear everybody and wait till towards the end to yeah. sound off. And by the time you talk, it's like, whoa, that's really nice. Oh, that's <laughs> nice, babe. <laughs> yeah, but it, I think that that's where <laughs> that idea of making peace can look really different depending on what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, sometimes if I look at, like, ideas, you know, you'll have a a meeting where you just hear, like, two ideas are, like, bouncing back and forth, like a tennis match, and you're like, actually, what about this? You know, like, just to fill out the thinking a little bit. Um, It's just not one thing or the other. Um, So, yeah, that's, that's kind of what it means for me to be in the withdrawn stance. Do you have... Um, things to say about being withdrawn. You feel, I don't know. You're funny. Sometimes you feel withdrawn. Sometimes you definitely don't. Well, I mean, I heard Ian Morgan Cron, everybody, I'd recommend an episode of typology. If you're a person out there looking for an Enneagram podcast. It's so good. Yeah. And, and, um, I mean, Susan Stabile is probably my favorite Enneagram podcast, but 
Ian Morgan Cron is good too. And uh, he has one where he's talking to Amy Grant, and after all these years, Amy Grant, everybody studying and talking about the Enneagram, she still doesn't quite know her type. So it's like already you're kind of going into it like, oh. well, if I were to guess, if she's been. If she's been studying the Enneagram for 20 years and still doesn't know her type, like I would guess a nine, you know, it's like, but then he goes to the stances with her and he says something along the lines of like how each is withdrawn and fives are literally like physically withdrawn. Like I'm, I'm my, I'm putting my body in a different place. Yeah. And that's something I think is sort of a hallmark of me. And and I definitely think it's in that self-pres castle protection. Um, Yeah. I do, I do know like compared to you, and others, I've always been completely confused about the f- the the fun and easygoing, excited nature of like being at a concert or just being in a group of people. It seems like everybody's having fun, and huh. it's when my body and mind is in the most state of duress. Like I yeah. have to really be like act normal, try to find <laughs> joy in this, you know. Like, but I can definitely like. I remember the last time this really happened with you and me in yeah. a big way was at a U2 concert. We I went was to highly Link. excited. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I just remember just as the like party is kicking off, it's like been three hours, you know, and now they're like moving to the center of the arena and like lasers are being shot into the sky and like huge sounds and lights. And, and they're like, it's this idea of like, we're now we're now we're gonna go crank it up even harder. This has all been a warm up and yeah. more extra music for you fans. And I'm like, not any extra. No, like <laughs> this should be winding down. And then I remember right. like we leave and we were parked in a parking garage. And I just think oh, yeah, some people are like, much. oh, we're having fun. This has been a fun night out. But I was just like, I I I can almost cry thinking about like I don't want my physical body in this place. Like I yeah. I wish my body was far away on a, on the moon somewhere. Interesting. You know, like, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. You know? Which I think that that's, yeah. I Because for me, I don't like love lasers. I'm like totally unimpressed. I don't, I don't even know if they're lasers. I remember like big, big beams of light. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There's no lasers, but like, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> choo, choo, choo. Yeah. like, it was a lot of like flotsam and jetsam, <laughs> you know, where I'm like, they literally could just stand there on the stage yeah. and I could still be with like, you know, 25,000 people or whatever and be completely happy because I'm like actually seeing faces and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at that guy over there. Like oh. I I, oh. I like love seeing other people <laughs> be fans. Of course, I love you too. And so the music is very nostalgic, but I'm kind of having my own little party. Like uh. I'm having a great time. I just feel so at peace because I just feel very centered and like I know what's going on for me and I know the points that I'm like resonating with I see like actually some familiar faces because at those concerts you're like oh my gosh is that you know and you're like can see the person you're like I know it is and then well we were sitting like three rows in front of Brandy Carlisle that was very fun everybody (laughs) and I did go up and talk to her (laughs) because I'm kind of spastic yeah social social nine so that's how I withdraw. I mean, I think I think what he was saying about nines when it got to Amy Grant was this idea of the inner sloth. Like a, a nine isn't necessarily physically leaving, but they're they're checking out of their own self reflection. Like they're not like or or maybe maybe the way he was describing it is like they're there but they're not there. Like they're physically in the room. Yeah. But they're not like they're sending out like their persona. But then it's not necessarily like their true self that's there. Like if they're angry, that's the passive aggressiveness. I think they're not gonna, they're not gonna be in the middle of the group gathering and being like, "I'm angry right now." Like an eight probably would. You right, know? Mm-hmm. right. Which 
I think which it was really funny to hear you talk about like the eight panels that you were on. <laughs> a what? The eight panels that you experienced uh, at your conference. <laughs> Like oh, how they were just like yes. all just out there with their anger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and right, which of course nines have their own relationship with anger, but mm-hmm. when it's all out there, I it's it I it was funny. I was at a table. I was kind of near the front and I had made friends with my table. They're just some of the most beautiful, amazing people and I love them so much. Mm. But they watched me. I was like physically backing up from the eight panel. Like they were all up in the front and it was all women. And I feel like that, that was part of it for me is I've talked before about, you know, um, somebody, one of you reached out and talked about on the episode when I talked about being a Christian woman and how every Christian woman probably at some point has misidentified as a two, because that's what's encouraged is being like helpful and self-sacrificial and blah, blah, blah. And what has definitely been discouraged is being angry (laughs) ever, Mm -hmm. like being out there and angry. And especially if you've been a woman in the church, who's like wanting to get anything done, you have sometimes had to find these ways of Mm. managing yourself because you still want to be able to be at the table. And if all of a sudden you're angry, you are going to get removed from the table, you know, um, which is sad. I'm not saying that that's a good thing and in the least, but I I recognize how that was one of those things where I'm like, oh yeah, I am so awkward around female anger. And mm. now the funny thing is that with these eights, they probably weren't even angry. They're just so blunt, you know, where it's like, excuse me, I was talking. And you're like, oh, <laughs> like that's what they're saying to each other. But, and it's like, If somebody (laughs) talked to me like that, I mean, I would just, I would probably like freeze like Elsa and Frozen or something. You're just like, oh, there she goes. Now she's frozen. Look at her. Oh, sad. We loved her. (laughs) Like, Yeah. Yeah. The eights I know have, don't have a hard time saying that at all. And it always seems they're like, oh, excuse me. I was talking. And you're like, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. The (laughs) only person I have ever said, excuse me, I was talking is to you. And I felt more of like, I'm going to do some like performance art here and be like, excuse me, I was talking, interrupted. You know, like I'm not actually being serious. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Macy and I have our friend Rebecca. Oh, yeah, Rebecca. Um, Dude, I know Rebecca. Don't try to act like I don't know. Yeah. And she, she does that very, that's the thing. It's like, it seems that anger is just for for eights in particular just such so comfortable it's not like it's not as um strange and and overwhelming for them as it is for people like us yeah. uh and they're just like here i am and it's just natural and and um oh you cut me off I, you just interrupted me and it's yeah. like it feels weird to us, but yeah. that's just... That's that thing of like feeling, action, feeling, action. They're like... Gut. That was rude. And then that's literally coming out of their mouths. Mm-hmm. That was rude. Don't cut me off. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Mm-hmm. Like, whereas like I will like feel it and I'm like, I didn't like that. <laughs> that person's rude. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And then I'm just like, note to self, never talk to them again. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's why Marissa's not hanging out with a lot of eights. Are you? <laughs> I don't. Do I even know an eight? I don't even know. Um, do you even know an eight? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rebecca. You're an eight. Uh, I wonder how peacemaking feels to you or what losing the peace feels like for you or what the p- potential of losing peace means for you. Maybe even specifically in a group setting. 
Yeah. Like I can think of particularly just to get you into an emotional state. Oh boy. Is like maybe eight years ago going to Chicago and having some interesting interactions with a a group of ours around planning and meals and miscommunication. And it seemed like to you that was like the ultimate conundrum for you. Sure. you, You were sort of, I was watching you monitor the whole vibe, every yeah. person, every checking in with everyone. Yeah. So uh, nobody needs to know the details. And I don't think you need to go through that story. I just think like, what do those, what does that feel like for you to l- be losing peace or keeping yeah. peace? I mean, I think it's a, it's an excellent question and there's lots of stories that are coming to my mind and sure that story in particular brings some emotion like I can easily access what that emotion mm-hmm. felt like because I think that there's, I mean, there's so many different levels. I think it's a, a, an important conversation which we don't necessarily ha- need to have right now. Well, guys, let's not have it right now. No, we are so. I'm so busy. I have so much to do right now. Um, <laughs> between so funny that you even said that. I know. I'm just saying. Like I'm talking. You don't even know what I'm going to say. Okay, okay. You don't even know what I'm going to say. I just say. like that you said that. Um, <laughs> Between the difference between peacemaking and peacekeeping. Mm. And that feels like a really significant difference to me. Um, But before we would even talk about that, I think the story that you are talking about is sometimes things happen Mm -hmm. and and peace gets interrupted and other people are fighting. And, And you're like, for me, that's not really a freaking out because I'm like, I have a decision to make. I can either just try to like... In that situation, I have to make peace. Mm-hmm. So that is where a nine is like, amazing. They're a master. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can come in at the end and kind of, you know, be really naming because they honestly can probably see both sides of the story. And um, that's a really great peacemaking instinct. I think whenever my peacekeeping instinct is kind of, let's call that B minus because obviously if there's something like a tension bubbling, it means that something probably needs to come out. Mm. And that's where with my social instinct, I will, if that's really hard because I'm wanting, especially like we're just having a fun night. Like, is this the time where we need to have like, and I think that this goes back to even our interactions with those conversations. Yeah. Like we're just having a good time. We're just, we're on the deck. We're having a drink. We're watching the sunset. Like, and we're talking about the kids or we're talking about, you know, some like funny friend things. And then it's like, I mean, do you really think we're handling our finances well? And I'm like, Oh, like what's going on here? Like I'm so mad. And so like, I don't know if I've ever brought finances up, but well, I will sure. bring up complicated complicated topics, topics or something that's cringy kind of topics, cringy like. or triggering. But that's or, fun for me. I know it's fun for you, <laughs> not fun for me. But in like a group dynamic, if like somebody gets short, I mean, I think just what we were talking about the enneagram with the eights. Mm-hmm. I was like having that sense of like, oh, I don't want this to bubble over. Mm-hmm. Instead of just being like, hey, this is let's just see what happens, and if you need to step in later, that you could do that. So. Peacekeeping is really complicated because sometimes I think it's good, but sometimes I think it's not good because you're shoving down something that actually would be really beneficial to actually to mm. to legitimately be part of the peacemaking process. But the what is interesting of what you're talking about, so the loss of peace is always going to ca- cause some sort of stress in me. But that was a situation where I felt 
responsible for the loss of peace. Oh, um, oh. because the plans These are some good distinctions. Yeah, the plans had all been given to me, which yeah. normally uh. I'm good with because I'm going to ask everybody, I'm going to find what everybody agrees on. I want to make sure that people have the information that they need in order to make the right decision. And so I had said like, okay, we're we're researching these restaurants. This one's going to be kind of pricey. And but everyone was like, nope, let's do it. This is fun, blah, blah, blah. And then it was like what the experience wound up being was kind of like your classic pricey restaurant that is like offering you very little food. And, and like, and I think for, to a lot of people, kind of like perceivably like silly food. <laughs> <You know? laughs> sure. Like the kind right. that literally is being brought out on a wood plank from the forest. Okay, now, you and know? I don't think that's silly. I have a lot no, of appreciation. me neither. But yeah. you know, other people were like, what the heck is Where this? is the food? Where's the food? You know, and you're like, no, the food is in that broth. <laughs> See that little foam? That's, that's the food, you know? And then you, it's like, I was embarrassed in a way. And one of our friends just got really mad. Yeah. And yeah. like, and wasn't even mad. Like he wasn't like, Marissa, you did this, blah. But it was like, but I you, was, you I it. had a part in creating mm-hmm. a bad, non-harmonious experience for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and it was just horrible. It was the <laughs> worst. It was horrible. I, it, Shame cycle for sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know? a, as your husband, I'm watching this all go down. And to a certain extent, I'm, I mean, even reflecting back on it, I get into an, a, a state where, like, I am getting, I said this word about myself the other day, like, slightly sadistic. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm getting a lot of entertainment out of watching everything sort of fall apart. Oh, and my it's gosh. much more interesting to me than just, like sitting around and smiling and talking and just, you know, I'm like, Whoa, what is going on here? But I, I could definitely even that night get in this headspace where I was really feeling bad for you because I was really watching you get stressed and owning it all. Yeah. And that, that probably had lots of the different elements of what I was saying about peacekeeping and peacemaking. I saw it going down, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, Sure, it got like a little explosive at the end mm-hmm. when the bill came, but I was like, <laughs> that was the part that I was like, I asked you if that bill was okay. But I think it was, again, how the experience <laughs> and the bill related. And it was like the broth, the foam, and the wood <laughs> chips that you suck and then spit out. Like that was, that was that much, you know? And so I got that, but it was, I did see like when each kind of, of these like small nothing courses were coming out. That is a little bit of where I was keeping the piece instead of making the piece that I could have, I knew what was happening instinct instinctively in my body. I had a sense of like, this is not going to end well mm-hmm. because and but I still was holding out a little bit of hope. I was like, maybe it's like this is all the pre-show before some sort of like giant piece of meat comes out, you oh, know, or like, oh, yeah. and everyone's gonna be Please so happy us. about this like yeah. big piece of meat, and we're all gonna be fed. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, that that didn't happen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was. I could tell me like I and another friend who is a party vibe seven was like. We can keep it light and keep it fun. Like, mm-hmm. this is fun, isn't mm-hmm. it? Oh, my gosh, this mm-hmm. is fun. Like, that's peacekeeping for yeah. me is, you know, um, anytime I 
and that doesn't happen often because mm-hmm. I'm I'm not that like maniacal, but I was like feeling like the seven and I were trying to be like maniacally happy because we we didn't want somebody to get upset. And again, that's just not how life works. <laughs> you can't you can't prevent the, the explosion seven had also from had happening. about ten sugary sugary drinks, non alcohol yeah. yeah. cocktails. <laughs> right, so, mocktails <laughs> are <laughs> dangerous for their <laughs> sugar content. Um, well. Yeah. Uh, quick side note, just uh, between you and me, but we can say it right here on the podcast. Wow. <laughs> I was just on our friend's Instagram, the Mansfields, who listen to this podcast, <gasps> and they Mansfields? just ordered a giant box of Hama Hama oysters that came to their house. Well, so that might looks be like we need to do that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And, and so another thing I would ask about nines is... Why do you think this becomes sort of like a superpower for a nine, like the empathy thing? Like they mm-hmm. say nines can see yeah. all perspectives. And <sighs> sometimes for me personally, I get very curious about others' perspectives, but it also seems um, r- r- threatening or something. I yeah. don't know. But yeah. it's just, it does seem like that just is something that comes so natural to you. Yeah. Like breathing. Yeah. You know? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Maybe in like an honoring way to the nines or something? Like, uh, I will so honor the nines. <laughs> I mean, it's taken a long time, and and I think it's still important that in a, in some other assessments that I've used in my work, um, we'll talk about the concept of you know balconies and basements, and you can use whatever phraseology is ha- is helpful for you. You know, high levels of integration, low levels of integration, mm-hmm. like it. You know, I think it is just so important to have a really keen understanding on on like what these things look like. And also that like whenever we're using this word sloth, I'm going to get back to your question, but this is oh, bringing up something just, to me. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen a sloth? Like Jack, our son, because I bought him this because we think that they're so cute, you know, has like a calendar of sloths like mm. other people oh, would have yeah. of like hot firefighters. But it's like, oh, sloths. <laughs> and they're like hanging. And it almost kind of looks like they're smiling, you know, like, mm. hey, <laughs> like, what's up? Sloths are cute, you know, whatever. <laughs> so but that there's an idea of like any of these words that we kind of can use to describe a nine. Like, I don't even think of it anymore as, oh, this is what healthy, this is what comes out for a nine when they're healthy. This is what comes out for her when they're unhealthy. I'm like, empathy can be the most beautiful thing in the world. And empathy can be a real bitch because (laughs) it can really cloud you from making the right decision. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I, I think empathy is so important. I think our world needs more empathy. Brene Brown, I'm with you there. Like I, it is, it is such a an important quality and it I love it like I I love that I someone is talking to me about their story and I can feel it Mm -hmm. like in my body like it's that's the only way that I know how to explain it like I I can embody the experience of somebody else but for a number like a nine who's Unhealthy expression can be described by losing themselves. Mm. Empathy and over-empathizing can become a really dangerous thing. Mm. So that is where like, you need some very, very powerful practices to help you like, embody for a little bit to create space and then 
get that person out because, and that's where I think a lot of the numbing comes mm. for the nine mm. is that they haven't, they don't know how to get rid of it. So it's like, I don't know, this ice cream looks good. I don't know. Like th- these other people who apparently are watching TV all the time. Anytime they're like, nines love to like numb out and watch TV. I'm like, do I do that? Where's my television? Like I love watching shows, but yeah, but you're not like a, a show addict. You have, you have no, so I've nothing like yeah. a show show thing that I watch by myself. Yeah. The only reason I watch anything by myself is because nobody will watch it with me. Like this is us. Yeah, nobody. And wants nobody's to watch this watching us it with me. Or your fireflies. What is it? Fire sparks. What's the Reese Witherspoon you've been you watching? You guys, fire sparks and fireflies. <laughs> no, it's called Little Fires Everywhere. <laughs> it was a book, and it is now a is show. Is it a movie? Okay. It's like when you know those new series. Kind of, yeah, okay. it's long. Anyway, so I. For me, that is where that comes from, is that I will be able to really hold stories. Um, and it's been fun. I think that that's where College Maris was just, everybody's story was more important than my own story. Mm-hmm. So, And as I said in the episode, that was tough. I was going through a real shit storm of a story mm. with losing my sister and feeling... I already felt like I had that instinct to belong in college, but I also thought that all the trappings of college were kind of lame. I'm like, mm. all these forced activities that weren't that fun, I'm like, just let us create our own fun. We don't need this running around, you know? That seems like a withdrawn thing. Oh, yeah, see, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not doing that forced thing, going to do my own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. That is interesting. But that's also where I was then, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think too, that sense of the social nine is called participation and there's a piece of it where it's like you make a decision in your mind. Everyone is not always doing one thing. So I think in college, when you're still kind of in identity formation, you're still trying to decide who do you want to belong to? If belonging is important, like what group do you want to belong to? And I think there was a piece where it was like, especially at like a small Christian college, there's like the good kids and they're all going along with it and they're all seeming to have a lot of fun with all this stuff, you know? And then there's like the older people who are like living in apartments and houses. And I was like, I kind of want to be with those people. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. Well, you always skewed older. Yeah, Yeah. I did. Part of that was my sister being older and then she always kind of dated older. Mm -hmm. So I felt kind of this, I've, I've always felt like a connection with people who are like six years older than I am because Marcy was three years older. She often dated people three years older than Mm -hmm. she was, and they would kind of become like an older brother to me. So, yeah, all of you 48-year-olds out there, you guys, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm almost 42. So those are the people six years older than I am. Um, I guess, like, this could be sort of a winding down question. Yeah. Because I think this was, I mean, as a bonus episode, I was trying to think this would be about an hour. That's great. But I think, I don't know if you talked a lot about this in the last episode. Yeah. um, Because you could have. But did you talk about, like, the stretch and release concept? I don't think I did. Because I'll just say to everybody else out there, like, Marissa has recently gone to this Enneagram training conference. Yeah. Also, I love that we keep saying I'm certified. I'm not officially certified yet because I have to hand in my assignment oh. and oh, on have the path them to give certified? something back. Yes. Okay. I'm very, very but you are close. a consultant. I mean, you I do this all day. I am a consultant. I work with the Enneagram a lot. Yeah. I coach people one-on-one. Yeah. Um, so your, your sort of school is called the Integrative Nine. Yeah. Which is different than what we've been talking about. It's not like 
drastically different. No, because it comes from the same place yeah. and yeah. Um, and it was fun for you to come back and like kind of nerd out about Naranjo and stuff like that. Oh my we gosh. Like Naranjo. But, um, audio. The, oftentimes, if people listen to this podcast and the way we talk about Enneagram stress and health, like, Five's apparently yep. going to five and uh, seven in stress and eight in health. Yep. But you're you've come back and started to use these words stretch and re- is stretch and release stretch and release. Yeah. So do you want to talk a little bit about that concept and then a little bit about what it means for nine? Yeah. For three and six, I would love it. Okay. Um, that has <laughs> been really kind of the most helpful for me, and it's been fun. I love these lines because I think. Um, a lot of times any assessment tool and the reason that so many people, especially the you fours out there mm-hmm. <laughs> are like, don't put me in a box. I don't oh. want your labels. I'm not interested in your labels. Um, it does feel a little bit like, Oh, we're going to name some things about you and here's some helpful, you know, advice, but good luck. Good luck with that. You know? And I think what I love about the Enneagram where it's like, okay, this is, this is a bit of a box that you're in and there's some really lovely pieces about that. But if you want to experience growth and transformation, here is a way out of that box. You know, it's like accessing your wings, you know, which I do frequently. So they're big on not saying I'm a nine wing one. Now Mm -hmm. I am a nine who has so over identified with my one, but I actually have access to both wings. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it would be great for me to be like, Oh, sometimes I can speak up for myself and trust that I'm not going to come across all like angry and crazy. Um, so the same thing is with these lines. And so the way that they talk about it is that the line of release, which would you guys have been talking about kind of in terms of this line of health mm-hmm. or line of integration or whatever, mm-hmm. um, is when you are really tense, like this is something that will actually really help you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it... Mm. It will, when you do it, you will actually feel better. And so I'll say what that means for me as a nine. So my line of release is going to a three. Now it's hard for me to do. I am the worst self promoter. So it's actually really hard for me to like have my own business. I'm like, but when I did things for myself, like I got my own logo, I made business cards. These were exciting things for Mm me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I still, in the midst of doing that, was tempted to put myself under somebody else. Um, I'm still kind of doing that in a way, but I'm working some things out. But like <laughs> owning my own business, exegete consulting, I'm not doing all that I want to be doing with that. And maybe I will someday, or even like just things that I do on my own as Marissa Gronholz. I have two logos, you guys, a logo for myself and a logo for exegete. But (laughs) I didn't know what I was doing, but those moves (laughs) felt good. They felt good to me. It felt good to make a decision where I'm like, oh my gosh, this M that my amazingly brilliantly talented friend, Ali Ashmead designed for me. I was like, oh, it looks like me. That felt good. Um, So all of those things that we know about the three. Now, threes, obviously, we know what a healthy expression of a three looks like. And we know what an unhealthy expression of a three looks like. Not fun, you know. (laughs) So (laughs) 
you are not going to experience this great feeling of release if you're like going to these unhealthy elements of a three. Right. But if you're going to those healthy elements of a three, oh my gosh, it's it does. It makes you feel so good of like that relieved some tension in in me. That it it that was really great. But then there is this piece of what you guys would have called or what other people call you guys, you all out there. Um, yeah. Any agreements to do you guys No, it is called the line of stress. Um, but we would call it, we call it the line of stretch because I will say in, when I am super stressed out and crazy acting, I could look very much like an unhealthy six. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, I get more in like, Ah, nothing's going right. Like everything's going wrong kind of a thing. But I also know that when I feel really, really, really stuck in somebody's like, oh, you just need to like, you should post something or you should do this. Like you should create videos of yourself. You're fun to talk to and you, you know, um, and I'm just like, no, like it's stuck because they're trying to push me to those healthy levels of a three hmm. that I'm really stuck. Hmm. I can't get out. So going to, in that line of stretch, going to the healthy elements of a six, what does a six do? They ask themselves, what's the worst thing that could happen? When I am able to do that, when I am my most stuck mm. and I have to weigh the cost of what would it mean for me to stay stuck? In Dang. this, what would it, like for me? I, you guys, everybody knows this. Who knows me? I'm like, I'm gonna write a book someday. I like writing. <laughs> Do you love that I just did Mickey Mouse voice? Hey, Listen, everybody. That um, or a towel-y. You are a towel. <laughs> <laughs> you actually are a towel, so that's interesting. Um, no, I. That piece of really getting honest with myself, and saying, "What is the cost of not doing that? Like, what?" Um, anything that I've said I wanted to do for myself that I haven't done. And, and there have been times that that question has, has been life changing for me being able, and I didn't know that I was doing it at the time. And so that's the thing. That's a kind of a subconscious response when I've gone to this healthy place of a six in my stuckness. And Mm. a lot of that, you guys, I know how many times can this girl talk about college? It was important. It took me forever. I made a joke the other day about being on the Tommy Boy plan, but it is. It's something that I've had a lot of like shame about, even though it's what I should have the most grace for myself about. My sister freaking died. and, And it was just, it took me a while to know like, how am I going to get up and do these things? And I was able to do the things that I needed to do. Hmm. On the newspaper, I was sports editor, so I was able to get out articles. I was able to like go to performances for choir. I was able to do these things, but it was some of the other stuff that I was like, I just cannot even do this right now. So there was a very real question in my mind of like, will I ever finish college? Like right, right. I was so close to being done. I, you know, I had like a recital to do for the voice part. Um, I think I had a couple of classes. I fully got married. You guys, I wasn't graduated. Then <laughs> I got pregnant. Pregante. Pre- whatever pregnant. that thing went. Pregnant. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, 
there's like some sort of weird, I don't even know what it is. You can tell the layers, like Maybe some I'll Google thing it. where people have <laughs> tried to type in like, how can you get pregnant? But like no one can spell and it's really weird. <laughs> and these guys read it out loud and it's super funny. But anyway, I was like, will I ever graduate college? And I, this is me. I've been like, my goal in life has been, I love school. I love being in school. I wanted higher education and here I am, you know, a 23 year old being like, am I ever going to actually graduate? Get the thing in the mail that says I've actually graduated college. Mm-hmm. Cause I would be thinking to myself, I want to go to graduate school. Wait, alert, alert, must graduate college first. Legitimately, not just have taken enough credits to have graduated college, oh like, which of course I had, I had like an abundance of credits, but I had to be motivated of like, what would the cost be for me as Marissa Gronholtz, who loved school, who had dreams of furthering my education in some way to not graduate college. So there I was, you guys, going back to school as a pregnant person. I mean... Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) It's beautiful. But for me, it was like I had to... Well, uh, most people like go to college... And it just have felt some career so, yeah. and then eventually get married and then eventually get pregnant. But you were just like kind of doing it in a different order. Totally. I would have been <laughs> more comfortable like having been like 18 and pregnant going to college because I would have thought that was kind of cool. Like, look at me. I'm still going to college. I'm working so hard. But this was <laughs> oh like, I'll, and people were like, didn't you graduate? And that was the hardest thing. Oh, I'm like, yeah, I've yeah. been around this ridiculous school for so long. Like I used to. She's still here. Visit my sister. So she entered college in like 90, what was it? 93. And, and I would come and visit her, stay, go to class with her. Cause I loved college. Now I'm 15 at this point, but I love college so much. So people were like, Oh, maybe she goes here. Cause I was there all the time. So I felt like I was at SPU from like 2003 to like, uh, no, 1993 to 2003. And people were like, do you work Ten here? Years, yeah. Do you, are, I'm, are you like, <laughs> advising our class like don't you have a doctor by now and I'd be like still undergrad (laughs) so that my whole point of this ridiculous story is that if I were to look back again I said earlier in this episode that that hindsight there is so much wisdom there when you start to play with some of this stuff you can't just look at yourself right now because if we really believe, which I do, that your Enneagram number does not change yeah. throughout your life. Like these people who are like, I used to be a this. I'm like, we used to think you were that and now you know for sure. But when you look <laughs> back at things in your life and you are able to see then what was going on there, when I look back at that time and when I've been introduced to this concept that we we can go to some healthy numbers in order to get us unstuck. So we can go to a number to get us de-stressed, mm-hmm. that relieving that tension is going to that line of release, getting really unstuck at deeply stuck levels. And I was deeply stuck. Mm. Um, I, I was woken up by a professor who was like, Marissa, honey, you've got to choose a major. Like, so that was my first kind of unstuck of like, because what would the cost be is never graduating. And so when even when I finally did, but then we got married and I got pregnant, it was still, I had to look at the cost of, I'm not going to be able to go on in school if I don't graduate. And so I did it, even though it was really hard and... It actually wasn't that hard because, hi, I was like really sick and pregnant. So it's just like sitting around reading and writing papers. Um, but it, it was, 
it it got me unstuck. And so I did. I went on and went to seminary and had a completely different educational experience That's true. in seminary. But because college had been so crazy, like I had to basically beg this school to let me in, but then graduated with a 3.85 legitimately with my, because I got a B in one class because I had whooping cough. Thanks, California. And you're not vaccinating, but now oh, you will. Wow. Anyway, so yeah, it's those lines, thinking about that is so different. Mm. I think often of our friend JJ too, who, um, you know, JJ was on the podcast for the seven episode and he is the executive director of an organization called Side by Side and they work with families whose children have a serious illness. They do these beautiful camps for them and JJ is a seven and so when I look at JJ having to be a seven, but to organize a camp mm-hmm. full of immunocompromised kids and their stressed out families and 144 volunteers, many of whom are like 20, he has to go to a one to make that Big happen. Time. And sure, he can probably have really stressful days where he's like, ah, you know, like all maniacal and weird. But he's not. I mean, he really handles it so well, but he's very organized. There's a process to everything, which is not... Sevens are usually, like, bored of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So that is going... Like, that's a really great example of going to a line of stretch in order to make something happen, to get out of, you, like, your pattern of... JJ would admittedly say, like, not wanting to deal with difficult things. I'm like, that is the most difficult thing, children with cancer in a camp for their families. So... I just would encourage you to think through those lines and look back at your life and look at people that you know and what you see happening and um, ask people questions about how they experience you when you're stressed or when you're stuck and what has helped in some of those moments. That was a really long answer. Good. That's what people are here for. Yeah, see, that's (laughs) the thing. I feel like... You have a lot of people who have a lot... They like really listening to the long things. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a short, like, hey, no, we got I mean, a fun podcast. I, you know, they're, they're, if I go to like an Enneagram podcast yeah, and they got really s- snippy and snappy with an episode and it's like 25 minutes, I'm like, I was, I wanted more than that. So sure. it's nice that we did the bonus content. But Bonus content. Everybody, um, Marissa's now in the constellation of Enneagram personalities for this podcast. She's already... Obviously, in my I'm life, in the but, constellation. Um, I think that's it. That's our bonus episode. You should also make an actual constellation of all of our faces. That'd be, be fun. Like Daniel and me, Mark. Yeah, Mark, yeah. JJ. And I was just um, my brother Shane was listening to your episode the other day, oh, and he's sure. a nine. And so we got to get Shane on someday. Macy and I have this idea he's of a get, fun nine. getting like a like recording for YouTube or something, some Zoom panels like with nines. Like if we got a Zoom with yeah. you and Shane and Daniel and a few others. And just talked about nines together. Yeah, it would be, be some nice to, I think it's so helpful to have groups of the same number together. Yeah. Just for other people in terms of understanding. When, mm-hmm. when you hear so many people say things like, oh, you've really redeemed this number for me. Because if you've experienced a number and there's been any sort of hardship or tension between you and somebody who might come, and again, 
I can't say it enough. Enneagram is about motivation, not behavior. So even if somebody appears to be something, you really don't know. You Unless you really know enough of their story to understand their motivation, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but it is helpful when there are people, they all know their number they because they understand their motivation and their motivating factor and drive in life. And you just see how differently they express, you know. Mm-hmm. It's... Mm-hmm. So absolutely so like, nice. Thinking about those, like you, Lisa, Shane, Daniel, all the nines we know, like you're all so different, so different. so different. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody says this... uh, nines have the the most awkward time saying goodbye, and even you don't know how to say goodbye to a yes, podcast. I do. An imaginary podcast. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't really know how to say goodbye. Just cut it off. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Steven Universe episode releasing on Monday. Bye.